microphone check one two what is this you're now listening to a brand new episode of the play big faster podcast look what you done started talk to him. attorney high performance coach and speaker sheree prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick from starting a business marketing strategies and the ins and outs of their industries we talk everything from book recommendations lifestyle hacks and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business the play big faster podcast starts now let's go Do you have life insurance? We've got you. Get the best plans. Same day coverage. Get peace of mind for the price of a nice dinner. 24-7 by your side. Get your free quote in seconds with no obligations from Opus Insurance and Risk Services at www.opusirs.com. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We are joined today by Dr. Nakisha Ware. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) At least thank you for having me. Well, look, thank you for being on. Um, We are so excited about launching the podcast. Um, Initially, when I thought about who would be bringing on for guests to offer value to our subscribers, you were one of the first people that I thought about. Because, yeah, life insurance is really not life insurance, a security for your family. And I said, who better to kind of come and talk to us about this than Nikisha? So look, tell us what you do um, and what your role is with New York Life. Thank you. Well, again, thank you, Cherie, for having me come on. Um, I consider it an honor uh, just standing with you as you start making changes for our community. So it, it really is an esteemed honor for us to to be here today to chat. And I and I thank you because every opportunity that I have to get in front of people to raise the conversation around insurance and raise the level of consciousness around insurance. I'm going to take that opportunity. So this this is much for me as it is for you. And I appreciate you for letting me share your platform. So uh, as Cherie said, my name is Nikisha Ware. And I'm um, just a girl from Jackson, Mississippi. And which is a, a total, a, a totally different podcast for us to do something in the future. But uh, it is, it's been my personal mission for the last three years to help mothers of color just by raising the conversation and the perception of life insurance from small face burial policies to actual vehicles for transferable wealth. Um, and I enjoy the work that I do. It really is a vocation, a, a calling for me. Uh, I do that at New York Life. I specialize in, of course, life insurance, annuities, and other guaranteed lifetime income streams. So anytime I can have an opportunity to share with people about what I do, um, I'm really excited. Well, it's interesting. Um that you put that, put it in that ter- in those terms, because growing up, insurance was kind of like a dirty word. Yes, they didn't understand it. You mm-hmm. people stopping by your house, 
um, you know, knocking on doors, trying to save these burial policies that you pay $30 for a month for 30 years and then you die and the policy is worth $5,000. Yes. Yes. And you know, that's, that's a part of uh, what we really set out to do at New York Life, particularly for agents of color, is to change that perception uh, from the small burial policies that you pay an entire lifetime for to actually, hey, this is something not only can my family use when I'm not here, but things that they can uh, benefit from while we're living, living benefits. So yes, in the, the old days, you'd have Mr. Johnson come by the house and you pay $10, your parents will pay $20 a month. And then when your parents pass, they'd go to the local funeral home and they'd get a, you know, probably $2,000 worth of service. So when that person came to the neighborhood, there immediately became this connection with seeing that individual and this image of one, death, which is something we just don't really like talking about. But two, somebody that's taking the image of someone who's taking us or uh, bamboozling us. And so, yeah, life insurance agents have, are, are you know, we, we constantly are confronted with that image that's still in people's heads about what we do. So when we talk to our communities and potential clients and, and families, we talk about the importance of life insurance itself. And it's not just a burial policy, but life insurance actually keeps your family from financial loss and ruin. And that's the, that's the one thing we definitely like to have, you know, the image we like to create in folks' minds, but also, which particularly for families of color, Look, there is an opportunity for you just to to have more than 10,000. You know, 10,000 is, I mean, it'll definitely get you a final resting place, but when you consider that you no longer have a, a a wage earner in the household or a full-time mother whose services you didn't have to pay for, then conversations get really sticky because the absence of that income for some Families means immediate financial loss and ruin. So just changing up in people's minds how they perceive what insurance is and what it's not is very critical for for me in, in my role as a life insurance agent. And so one thing that I find very interesting is that when you talk about your role as an agent, it's more than just sales. You're not trying to push something down someone's throat. Mm-hmm. I love the educational component that you that you bring into it in terms yes. of helping people to understand. Because absolutely, I'm not going to tell you how old I was before someone actually broke down to me that there was this thing called permanent insurance. You know, yes. time someone has ever tried to sell me a policy up until this point, you know, they're pushing a you know, what a 10 year term, a 20 year term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I explained like the difference in the types of life insurance policies that are available and just, you know, what some of those best uses are and some of those living benefits. Yes, absolutely. And what uh, I do want to um, go back to something you said that's very key 
about, uh, you know, salesy salesmen. And I think that came from, you know, other people in the external world coming into our communities, selling us something. And yes, I'm an educator first. As you know, my background is education. Uh, I'm a K-12 classroom and former university administrator. So my first love is teaching. So that was my, of course, as I've mentioned, that was the first thing I wanted to do, educate our communities, raise the level of consciousness and the perception in our community. But sales, I I love doing it. And this is why, especially if you find that, that you're good at that or there's a vacation or calling. I like to also shift people's mindset around sales and selling because sales actually is just the process of getting people to accept help. People don't consider going into a a lawyer's office or even a doctor's office because even when they leave there, they're going to pay something, which means somebody made a sale, right? (laughs) So with life insurance, the the need and the transactions sometimes um, and, and I don't like using that word for um, dealing with what we do. But at the end of the day, there's an exchange that's being made. So it's really about the educational piece, as you mentioned, preceding that transaction, which helps the, the client really embrace what they're doing. And what they're doing is setting up a precedence in their family's financial future where again they don't they aren't met with financial loss and ruin. So just wanted to go, you know, step back and just talk about sales. It's just the process of getting people to accept help. Now, one of uh you ask one of the major questions that I get even with like you said older adults, people who are running businesses who Um, who have families, who have degrees and money, some of them uh, often don't know the distinction between term or what we call temporary insurance and whole or permanent insurance. So I like for people to consider or think about the distinction between renting an apartment and owning a home to give them some reference for remembering the difference between temporary and permanent insurance. Of course, when we're younger, either chronologically, age-wise, or young in our career or young in our business, we will tend to rent an apartment. Okay, it's affordable, we know it's temporary. We know we're not going to be in an, in an apartment forever, but it's something for this current season of life that's going to provide for us a foundation for our next step, right? It's affordable. Um, we know it's temporary, but it's just for the quote unquote time being. Whereas when we come to that point where we're like, you know what, I'm paying $1,200 a month for an apartment, I might as well invest in something who, that I own, that I can purchase, that'll be, you know have my name on it, that I can start investing in. And we then make the decision to purchase a home. Well, life insurance is the same way. 
when you have temporary or term insurance, it's for a season of life. That's why it's very cheap, very pocket friendly. And I love uh, ensuring that my young families have a lot of it because at that point in their lives, that's probably the youngest and healthiest there ever be. So why not get a bunch of temporary insurance while you're raising your family, accumulating wealth and growing your business or uh, advancing in your career? And eventually you're going to make the decision. Well, you know what? I, I have enough money now. I'm going to buy that house. Well, I have the money and the wisdom now. I'm going to invest in some permanent insurance because temporary insurance does end. It has an end date. It will expire, um, much like your time in a rental or an apartment. So when that time comes, when you want to lock in a premium for the rest of your life, uh, that gives you the ability to create cash, generate cash that has a guaranteed death benefit, no no matter really what happens to my health or what happens to my income in the future, I can guarantee that this whole life policy, the premium's not going to increase. I'm going to get a death benefit. And it's typically the best, more economical decision long-term. So when we think about whole life, think about something that will cover you, just as the name says, your whole life. So when people, you know, if people are looking for that one definitive distinction that separates the two. Think of something that's temporary and something that will, on the other hand, protect you for your entire life. Okay. And so when you mentioned term insurance and that it expires, how long do you pay for permanent insurance? Do you pay for it for the rest of your life? So you, you can pay for temporary insurance for the rest of your life, but it is very costly. Most of our policies at um, our company is 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So I know that I'm going to be in this policy until I retire, or I know I'm going to only need this policy until I pay my house off. So that won't be um, a burden should I proceed my family in death. So it's only for a specified amount of time, anywhere from 10 to 20, in some in some cases, um, 25, 30 years. But people can pay for temporary coverage until they're 90 for some companies. It just becomes very expensive doing that because the cost is going to go up based on your age each year. So when you mentioned age, you mentioned also that you work with young couples. At yes. what age would you recommend to couples or just individuals that they should start looking at life insurance? So that's a great question, and I'm going to break it up. So for young couples today, if you do not have your own personal insurance, personal life insurance, today is the day to do that. Not tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow. <laughs> Today, you know, one of my favorite proverbs is when's the best time to plant an oak tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time? Today. So don't delay. If you under the sound of my voice, do not delay. Reach out to me today to lock in a pocket friendly premium today for your family. Now, if I am talking with young people or older people who have children. 
My response to them is lock it in on your children today. We write policies at my company on uh, babies that are at least 15 days old. Now, I understand that that may feel uncomfortable for parents. The idea that they would put a policy on their child or have some kind of financial gain or some benefit as a result of their child um, dying is an uncomfortable thought. No parent wants to consider the fact that their child, they, that their child will precede them in death. But I encourage young folks to think of this as opposed to that, the latter um, reference. Consider this, your child will never be as healthy and as young as they are today. So one, let's lock in a premium that is pocket friendly with whole life that will never increase. Uh, the other thing at our company is that we don't require children under 18 to get a health exam, which means that your child does, will never have to take a health exam if they're with uh, one, of, one of my clients. But more importantly, we never know what the future holds for our children. We don't know what their health will be in the future. And we don't know what their habits will be once they leave our house. So lock in a premium when you know both of those things you have some some kind of influence or impact on uh, before them leaving your house. And that way you never have to worry about what future premiums or what their spouse intends to do or what their children's needs will be. You will have made that decision as a parent to give them a solid financial foundation that they in the future will be able to access through whole life or their own living benefits. So that's the primary reason why we uh, encourage young families to get their children whole life permanent insurance to lock in their insurability, but also to start them on a strong financial foundation. So there's no medical exam if you're under 18, but do you guys have to look at a copy of their current medical records from their private physician? We do. We definitely have to do that. Um, and while we're talking about what insurance companies look for, I'd love to share with your listeners the five things that any company industry-wide look at, uh, especially when they're giving individual life insurance. And these five things are one, individual, a nicotine or tobacco user. Now, some people might say, well, yeah, I smoke, but why is that important? Why do y'all need to know that? Well, when we look at insurance, whether it's uh, casualty, liability, general, life, health, medical, long-term care, any kind of insurance is going to look at this idea of risk. So when insurance companies ask for your information, they are trying to assess the risk that's going to be that they're going to incur the type of rich risk, the kind of risk, the amount of risk they're going to incur to ensure that your family will not suffer financial loss and ruin should you become sick, disabled or die. OK, so consider that first. I have clients who um, come to me and they say, well, why do we need that? Why do y'all need that information? Or why do y'all need to know that? Why is that important? And sometimes they do feel a little uncomfortable knowing that people are going to, you know, visit their past. 
Well, it's because if I'm going to make sure that uh, the Prince family has $2 million in coverage, should something unfortunate happens to her, then we want to know how much of a premium or how much of a cost will that be to both of us? So we look at whether or not you're a tobacco and nicotine user because your risk is higher. I mean, of having disease or experiencing or suffering a disease or having an early death. The second thing companies look at is your height to weight ratio. That's important. Just like you would if you went into your doctor and you were either overweight or obese or underweight, that could cause an individual to pay a little bit more in their premium. Not to say that they won't get covered by the insurance company, but that premium uh, or that amount of coverage may come at a cost. The third thing, of course, is medical history. That speaks directly to risk. Prescription history and your habits. Habits are, do you wear a helmet when you go motorcycling? Or do you skydive? Are you a pilot? Are you a trucker? Um, Are you a... Uh, someone who may have used illicit drugs in your background, or do you have an active driver's license? All of these things speak to the risk that the company will incur should something happen happen to you. So those are the five areas that uh, if you're now just thinking about, okay, what are my odds or what premium costs would I be looking at paying? And so to kind of grade yourself, and definitely reach out to me for just a quote to see what that would look like for you. Do you want to start your own business? Confused about where to begin? Not sure if you can do this? I'm glad you made your way here. Cut through the confusion. I invite you to join in on the five-day Play Big Faster Challenge. You'll get step-by-step guidance on how to start and scale your dream business faster. Five days perfectly structured. Build the business you've always dreamed of without spending tons of money and hiring consultants or a lot of staff. Join the challenge today at www.playbigfaster.com. So you do have some individuals who who may already have life insurance through their employer. Do you have any advice for things that they should be asking their employer about those policies? Okay, that's a great question. Most of us, I would venture to say... uh, if we have insurance, it's on our job. And uh, when when I ask individuals, hey, who's your life insurance agent or, you know, what coverage do you have? It's one of our first fact finding questions. They'll say, well, you know what? I've got insurance on my job. I've got employer sponsored insurance. And that is wonderful. But I want listeners, if they don't remember anything else that I share today, I want them to remember that that insurance nine times out of 10 is not portable which means that it covers you while you're working. And because it's not yours, you can't take it with you. If you retire, if you change jobs, or if your employer decides to quit you first. And so that's why I also encourage young people to, even if you've got insurance on the job, go ahead and lock in a pocket-friendly premium while you're young and healthy so that when you do make that transition out of the workforce, either through changing of jobs or retirement, you'll have something already locked in at a rate that's really attractive. 
So um, would that answer your question? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Now, the one thing when I really started paying attention to insurance and what my needs were and covering my family, there were just like these terms that I just, I had to learn and get used to. So if you yes. can kind of help us with those, uh, okay. three most common terms that, you know, people have asked me questions about um, the difference between the premium, the deductible, and exactly what is a death benefit. Um, so if you can kind of maybe share what those are and how they work with your policies. Sure. Okay. Well, premium, simply put, uh, people are familiar with that because they pay things on a regular frequency, whether that's monthly, quarterly, or annually, or semi-annually. The premium is just the cost of your life insurance coverage. And uh, I'll throw another term in there, uh, face amount. That's, That's the amount of coverage that you have. Now, when we talk about term, it's pretty simple. That could be two hundred thousand, a million, five million. And yes, we do write policies uh, for that face amount uh, with my company. Now, the death benefit in term insurance or temporary insurance and whole and permanent insurance is different. A death benefit in term insurance or temporary insurance is equal to the face amount. All right. However. In whole or permanent life insurance, the face amount and the death benefit could be different. For example, if I write you a million dollar whole life policy, the face amount is a million dollars. But if you let it grow for the next 10, 20 years, well, our company, because they are the number one insurance, mutual insurance company in the world, can grow that million dollars to 1.5 in 10 years. So now the death benefit would be 1.5 million. The face amount is still a million. Now, Dr. Ware, what's the difference between the two? The difference or the numerical difference between the two is what would I love to call cash value and or dividend. So the cash value is just the accrued value of that a policy growing tax deferred. So when you get a permanent insurance, no matter, well, I won't say no matter, well, I can only speak for our company. That's the growth right now. And it's averaging for 5%, the growth that your money is getting from investing with our company. So whole life permanent insurance, especially with our company, is an investment tool. Now, when a company like ours that has a four-star rating, highest ratings in Dun and Brett's, Bradstreet, um, Fitch and Moody, those are the top companies that rate and regulate financial companies in the financial industry. Those companies are, though that organization rather grades companies like New York Life. And they grade them based on their financial strength. So a company like ours that takes your premium to market and invest it, and they return each year with a profit, we call that profit a dividend. That is also returned to our policyholders or people that own a whole permanent life insurance policy. And our company has been doing that, passing that profit on to its policyholders for the last 170 years, that too 
will also contribute to the difference between the face amount and the death benefit. So the death benefit is simply the amount your beneficiary or your loved ones will receive at the time of your death. Wow. And now you mentioned there's another term, beneficiary. Mm-hmm. Usually, um, how do you counsel people as it relates to them choosing a beneficiary or are you involved in that process at all? How does that work? Yes. I love that question. Yes, ma'am. I'm involved in that. And um, I love to just call them loved ones, but it's any person or entity that you name in your life insurance policy to receive your death benefit. That could be a loved one. That could be a spouse. That could be a a school, or it could be something you really care about. So when I counsel uh, my clients on uh, who that could be, because some really you know, if they're single or they're older or maybe their spouse have preceded them in death or uh, they might be estranged from family members. In those cases, when the beneficiary might not necessarily be obvious, I ask them, well, what do you love or what do you care about? And some of them will say, oh, you know, I care about my church. I pledge, so I love my sorority or my fraternity, and I'm uh, I'm a lifetime alumni member of our national association of my school. I love to name them as my beneficiary, and so we don't want to limit it to uh, an individual necessarily. Just know that you have those options. Now, for those who want to name an individual like a spouse or their children or a grandchild, um, I generally just encourage them to think about or consider who would be in a financial bind if you were no longer here. Who would that person or or people, who would that be? Nine times out of 10, if you're married, that's going to be your spouse your children. And the next question, Cherie, is, you know, I often come to folks, you know, who you indicated had, you know, where maybe they grew up in the, uh, with parents in an era where folks came around and took the premiums every day and they got the 10000 or $20,000 policy. So the only thing they have associated with life insurance is what I'm going to pay for the funeral, what I'm going to wear, the programs. Well, I like to expand and really open people's dreamer. It's an exciting process with me. It is not gloom and doom. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> when we talk life insurance in my practice, I like for people to open up their dreamer. Okay, so Miss um, Prince, you've got two children and they're young. Yes, you don't want them to have to deal with the final expenses. So we're going to make sure that's covered. But unfortunately, God forbid, something happens to you today and you cannot make it home tonight to your children. What does life look like for them tomorrow morning? Are they going to have to get up and go to school? Is Are your parents going to have to come in and start um, selling your house? And they're going to have to move and go to another school in another district. 
disconnect themselves from their, you know, their friends, their neighbors and football practice or the, the Y around the corner where they swim every summer. What does life look like for them next year? Often we think about, okay, our family member passed. And I know that we're going to have to deal with that in, you know, next month, six months. But people don't think about what does life look like for your family next year? Were they dependent upon your income? You paid all the bills. Your wife stayed at home, Mr. Johnson. So who's going to help you cook, clean, take them to practice? Your wife did everything. Now she's gone. You got to replace her. And Miss Prince, you had uh, your your husband or your significant other brought home $100,000 in income each year. He made sure the mortgage was paid, all the car notes was paid, the taxes. Who's going to do that for you next year and 10 years from now and 20 years until he was going to retire? So the bulk of any life insurance policy that I encourage my clients to take is going to include income replacement. And so often that is not included in life insurance policies with many of the people that have bought them, you know, at other companies. So I ensure that, yeah, we're going to we're going to handle today. And the the final expenses. But let's talk about what happens when your kids get ready to go to college in four years. That's an expense we're going to talk about. And do uh, did you pay off the car? Is my, I mean, unless you husbands and I, oh, I get my husbands real good with this. So, yeah, you want to come in and you want a hundred thousand dollar policy. I get it. That'll cover her in any any bills that may have incurred through your extended um, health demise for the first year. But what about next year? Do you want her to get a have to start looking for a sponsor? Because that's what's going to happen if you leave her unattended. So let's, 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 let's put some life insurance, some, 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 some stuff in here. That's going to make sure that your babies can stay at their school. They don't have to leave their home. That college is paid for that. They can get a college that they can get a car. So, so Vanessa doesn't have to depend on somebody else to get her back and forth to school. And let's make sure that your wife does not have to compromise her lifestyle or her standard because you're not here. Well, that is so powerful because so many times you're only looking at it in terms of final expense. You know, I I have to get put in the ground. We got to have a repass and, and that's it. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Now, here's a very practical question. Um, How does the insurance company know that I've died? Like, what's that? Mm, That's a great question. So at my company, that's, I mean, we have an entire department that, that I guess, I don't want to use the word research, but they stay on top of that. So uh, they're notified and the, the, I think it's the Bureau of Vital Statistics. 
make sure that since we're all on the grid, right, we're all on the radar, that those systems in place so that people are aware of that. That's what our company does. But I, I understand that there you might have listeners who are not necessarily clients or policyholders of ours. And so many times they don't. They don't. Some companies don't. Or family members, because they're grieving, aren't aware of where who, what their family members had as far as policies and uh, at their jobs or at several companies. So that really triggers um, another conversation that I would that you and I have actually had on a different platform, and that is just the communication uh, that needs to happen among family members. It should not be a secret if your family members have policies. They need to know where the policy is. It needs to be reviewed, particularly if you have children. It needs to be reviewed annually and for your comfort level. Maybe that's semi-annually every six months because studies show that life for families change every six months. So, you know, having that conversation with your loved ones um really needs to start now <laughs> that's that other thing that needs to happen today well look i love that you're so passionate um about the conversations around life insurance and we've talked so much about death benefits what about some living benefits that are available because i really feel like there's not enough of a spotlight on what living benefits are available with life insurance products Okay, that's a great question. And I and girl, you think I love talking about this life insurance. I love talking about whole life insurance, permanent insurance. You know, I have it on myself, I have it on my husband, I have it on my children. Uh and so the living benefits really involves what I mentioned earlier with permanent insurance, just the ability to access your cash in a permanent policy tax-free. It's been growing tax-deferred for at minimum three years. I encourage people to not tap into that if they can. uh, Consider this really an investment that they aren't looking to tap into uh, within the first three years because it's like anything else. It's like any other investment. It takes time to grow. It's like throwing apple seeds out in the garden and then next week you want to go out there and dig them up because you don't and get mad because you don't have apples. Anything that's worth accessing and having, as we know, is going to take time. So minimum three years, you are paying your premium. We are taking it to market. You have the guarantee that you're going to have some growth. That's the benefit of a whole life policy. You are guaranteed to uh, have a death benefit that grows with a whole life policy. I love to tell my clients that their whole life policy is protected from creditors, predators, and taxes. Uh, It is considered an asset because it is an investment tool, which means that if you wanted to, I know that your audience, um, you know, they're entrepreneurs, business owners. They would love to know this, that should they decide to expand their business or uh, they need some startup capital, they can always access their whole permanent life insurance policy. Or let's say they do go to a lender and the lender says, well, let me see your financial statement. 
on that financial statement, you can list your whole or permanent life insurance because it, it's an asset. You can't even list your home that you're living in as an asset. It's a liability. Um, so those are just some of the living benefits that are associated with the whole life policy. Uh, many of my clients, I have one that she put a policy on her baby. The baby was 20, 20 days old and we set it up such that when her baby turns uh, 18, she has the option to take the cash out. And by the time she's 18, she'll have almost $200,000 cash in it. And she wants to use that to pay for her four-year college. And what I actually encouraged her to do was when the time comes, when her baby is 18, about to go to her first year of college, go ahead and take the, the government, the Pell Grant or the um, a loan from the government for school. She can do that first year, second year, junior year, senior year. And so what she's what she's actually done is extended the time of growth for her money. Get the money out at the age of 22. That way you've given yourself time for that money to grow and you pay the loan back. You got six months after school that what after the, her baby graduates. And then that way you don't have to owe the government. But you went to the bank of Prince tax free. And you didn't have to owe nobody. Wow. I mean, those are just the types of conversations when you talk about adding value and serving your. Yeah, that is awesome. Now, one thing that we, we all know, life is not scripted. So you know, today mm -hmm. we may be gangly employed and we're able to pay for this policy. But what happens if we miss a payment or pay the premium late? Do you guys just cancel our policy on that same day that the payment premium is due? No, no, we don't. Because. As you said, life happens. And with most companies, I know this is how it is with ours. There, there is a grace period like you would with any other expense you have a month. Uh, and actually, during the pandemic, the first two years, we allowed our clients to call in. And if they had a hardship, we were like, OK, we'll, we'll enroll you into the hardship program uh, for however much time they needed, 30, 60, 90 days. And then uh, give them that time, that window of time, just to get themselves back on their feet. But if it's just, okay, I'm going to be late or I had a mishap with my bank. No, your coverage will not be immediately canceled. We do have a 30-day grace period. And I just encourage them. That's why it's so important. Oh, I love you asked this question. That's why it's so important, uh, Ms. Prince, that people have an agent and not an 800 service line customer service that they have to reach out to. What an agent can do is work for you on your behalf. You reach out to your agent and say, look, I believe I'm going to be late this month. Um, what do I need to do? And that to me is, um, we call that, you know, servicing our agents. To me, that's a part of the job that of course extends beyond just the sales transaction that you have a person in your phone that you know by name, that you can go to their house, you can come to their office and handle this very important business of protecting your family. And if you don't have an agent, get one. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I meet people and um, 
I'll ask them about insurance because I I'll just be bold. You know what? Who, who your life insurance agent? Um, that's what the first thing they'll say. Um, I don't know. I got you know I got insurance on my job. Or they'll say, you know what? I have insurance with X Y Z. And I said, you don't know your agent name? I said, if you were my client, you'd know my name. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I will be in your cell phone. I tell my clients, uh, you know, once we have finished all the business and we've gotten them covered, I tell them, hey, give my number to the top three people that if I can't find you, which happened in Katrina, right? It happened in the beginning of the pandemic. If I can't find you or we lose touch or you change jobs or you know, you decide to switch from Verizon to AT&T. Give me three people that will always know where you are. Give me their name and number. And what I want you to do is give them my name and number. Because when that time comes, I want to have already have talked with them. I want to be at the graduations, the cookouts, the weddings. I want to be at all of that. Because when that time comes, and it will, I don't want the first time that they pick up the phone to call me to be awkward. I want them to know who I am. I want them to be familiar with my face. And that's how I build my practice. My practice is my family. And so it sounds like you were on a lot of um, Christmas card lists and Christmas gift lists. <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, just yesterday, I went to a meeting at the office and I went to my mailbox. And one of my clients, who's a graduate of Dartmouth, he just, he, uh, we were updating his uh, beneficiary designation because now that his wife has passed, he needed to update that. And he wanted uh, the Dartmouth College uh, football team to be the benefactor. And so I know how much he loves Dartmouth, yada, yada, whoop de boo He sent me a magazine yesterday of their recent, you know, recent publication. And y'all, I flipped through it and I was like, I am just so, I love the fact that my clients feel that comfortable with me, you know, to send me things that are important to them. Oh my gosh, listen, that that's awesome to have those kind of relationships. It just, yes. you know, the value added with actually having an agent, having someone that you can reach out to. Yes. He mentioned that he wants to change his beneficiary form, but what if I yes. want to increase or decrease um, my benefit amount after my plan goes into effect? What options are available? Can I do that? Oh, I love that question. That's a great question. So with my clients, the short answer is yes. Uh, yes, you can increase your coverage. We do have what we call an additional offer program where people who uh, meet us, you know, certain criteria, they can, girl, we just offer the coverage to them. <laughs> they can, they can come back and say, you know what? I got a new job. I need to increase my coverage. I got a new baby. I need to increase my coverage. I, um, I'm about to retire. I don't need that much coverage anymore. Or, uh, so we have those options available to uh, our clients. And what I like to do, uh, particularly with young families, is I will petition on their behalf that they get 
offered additional coverage at the time of the application when we submit an application. So if everything checks out, they'll have several opportunities to accept our offers. The initial amount or face amount that they requested through the application. And if all goes well, I'll also have other policies that come actually sometimes at a a much better rate than their initial application that they can accept or decline. And uh, we also have features on our policies that allow them to get the extra coverage without having to come back and uh, prove insurability. Okay, so uh, okay, let's 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 kind of unpack that because yes, prove insurability. Like, say for instance, I take out a policy with you, and then let's fast forward a year, I become disabled. Does anything about my policy change if I have? a, if I have temporary insurance versus permanent insurance, what changes just because I've become disabled after I've purchased the policy? Okay, good job. I love that question. And and please go back. Because if I didn't answer your previous question, let me know. I hope I, I, I see you. Fix. <laughs> so um, that's a great question. If you, um, well, with my clients, this is what I make standard, standard, whether it's temporary or permanent life insurance. I make standard um, a waiver and it's called the disability, a waiver of premium, right? Disability waiver of premium. And that just means that should I become disabled and I'm not getting income because of that disability, New York Life will pay that premium every month during that time. Now, naturally, of course, you'll have to have your primary care physician or whomever uh, you're seeing or whose care you're under. Of course, there'll be a certification form that they have to complete. Um, but it's a simple form, simple process, and it goes into effect immediate. I mean, upon approval from our company. So I, I make that a standard feature on all of my policies, whether they're temporary or permanent, that waiver of premium. Okay. Now, you know, the one thing, and we don't, you know, we don't promote fraud, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's fraud. Um, Policy exclusions. Um, If I purchase a policy today and I commit suicide at some point in the future, I mean, let's talk about how that affects the Mm -hmm. policy exclusion or what Yes. People need to consider if they're dealing with mental. Yes. And they're also considering getting coverage. Yes. That's a great question. And uh, there is no. Well, let me say this. Every particularly in those particular cases. Each case is different because those five things that I told you about earlier are going to be a little different. But um, I'll speak specifically to the issue of suicide. And I'm not sure. I think other companies are, are like ours too, but particularly with suicide, it's, ex- and it's, it's an exclusion up to the first two years of your policy, up until the second anniversary date. So sh- should someone commit suicide within the first two years of getting that issued policy, New York Life does not cover that. That is an exclusion. So that is something, uh, thank you for bringing it up, that families need to consider, particularly with their family members who they're trying to get insured who might be experiencing mental illness. 
Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and for some of the young families that you work with, like say they're looking at different options, they're looking at your term life policies versus your permanent policies. Um, yes. What if they get a term life policy to begin with? Do they have an opportunity to maybe convert that or yes. a totally new policy? That's a great question. So, yes, they have an opportunity to convert that coverage. And uh, maybe a handful of mutual insurance companies do this. Of course, ours does. So it would look like the same example I gave for you before. Ms. Prince, you have a million dollar term policy. And because you're young, I'm going to get the max that's available uh, for you based on your budget and based on what your needs are for what you want that death benefit to do for your family. So we're going to get the million dollar policy and you maybe you decide next year, I want to convert a hundred thousand of that to whole life. Well, you can within that first 10 years, you can do that and you don't have to prove insurability again. Um, so if you convert a hundred thousand over, you still got 900,000 in term. Totally. You are still covered by that million dollar face amount. And of course that will be two different premiums. The term will remain and the whole will be a new premium that you'll have to pay. And the benefit of doing that with with us within the first five years is that we actually give you a part of your premiums that you've paid us back just to encourage and incentivize you to do just that. Nice. And, and you can use that as a credit toward your first month's premium with the new whole permanent life policy. Now, what if you're like me and you have folks that just live forever? Um, <laughs> I remember growing up with my great father. He was 104 years old when he passed away. Um, yes. So what if I have a term life policy and I don't die during the term of the insurance? So that is why, particularly with even with older people, I like to depending on, and everybody runs their practice differently. But if I am approached by someone say that they're 62 and now they're ready to retire and they didn't get any insurance before they're leaving their employer sponsored policy or program, I encourage that person to get permanent insurance because the likelihood especially now, like your family, people are living longer now. People hitting this hundred mark like it ain't nothing and breezing past past it. So I would encourage them to go ahead and purchase the permanent insurance because we know, I know you're going to leave. You're vibrant. You're you're young. You're looking looking at doing some contract work with the state. You're going to live another 25, 30 years. Let's go ahead and put you in some permanent insurance. So that is not a headache. You have peace of mind around that particular issue. So I encourage folks definitely over 50 to go ahead and let's get the permanent insurance if uh, they're in a place where their budget can accommodate that. Now for my younger couples, I'm going to, like I said before, I'm going to load them up on term, but I'm also going to get them a cocktail. I'm going to get them a bunch of term. And maybe some a small whole life, maybe a, a fifty thousand dollar whole life, 
just to layer it. That's what we call layer it to layer it so they can have something growing for them. I may also give them a year to year policy just to uh, be there if they're in those young years where they're looking to uh, convert to permanent insurance in the next few years. You know what? I'm, I'm upwardly mobile at my company. I'm making 55000 next year. I know I'm going to, in the next year or two, I'm going to be making eighty-five, I'll put them in a year-to-year renewable term policy. Maybe for the couple who already have two kids, pretty, they're midlife, they're already up and going in their career. I may give them a, t- coupled with maybe a 10-year policy, I might give them a 20-year policy. And they're running concurrently. So the 10 year is going to make sure that, hey, if something happens while the kids are in college, they don't have to worry about the family home. We'll get that home paid for. But maybe the kids are younger. Maybe they're middle school and elementary school. Well, I'm going to give them the year to year and a 20 year because we want to cover them and make sure the kids at least can stay at their home, stay in school, maybe even pay for college. And they'll be on us and on our plate for the next 20 years. So let me give them a 20 year term. So there's no there's no either or. You can do multiple policies and we call that layering. And they really they grow as your lifestyle grows, which means that you can also drop them as the need for that insurance is, you know, leaves. Wow, you've added so much value to our subscribers. How if we have additional questions, and I know I've grilled you like a like a trip. Yeah. <laughs> but if our subscribers have more questions for you, how can they find you? Well, they can email me, and this is long, but it's N as in Nikisha Ware, W-A-R-E at F is in Frank, T is in Tom dot New York Life dot com. That's N Ware at F T dot newyorklife.com i prefer of course to get emails but if you're like you know what i've got a long question i need to ask and i don't want to type it out you can call me directly at 601-572-0917 that is directly to me that is my uh, business sale 601-572-0917 well, Dr. Ware, thank you so much. And this is it for another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. I already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.